So with that breathing, inhalation, exhalation, pause, inhalation, silence, no thoughts in between. That is the essence of this breathing. And just, just to tell you the, the word soul and spirit in remote past were connected with breathing. So if you go into original meaning, it was about breath. Because what is the quality of breath? Because it brings life energy in us. So now, coming to the theme of today, can ambitions be beautiful? Because in religious and spiritual discourses, Ambitions have bad reputation, bad name. How we can define ambition? Ambition means desire for power. So if you go into the word, it is one of the meaning is desire for power. But a lot of people negate it, denounce it. But the fact of our world is, personal world, unless I have power, neither I can change anything outside, nor I can change anything inside me. So if I want to heal, I want to become healthy. I have to reclaim my inner powers. If I want to change external world for the better, I have to gain external powers. And to tell you the world's Oldest scripture, Rigoveda. In that Rigoveda, there is a hymn, hymn of creation. Na Asadhyay Sukta, that is the name. And it explains that why our universe emerged from nothingness? It was because of desire. So in the beginning, there was nothing. N nothing means no thing. These concrete things. And out of that nothingness came a desire for the emergency of the universe and the universe is created. So desire, ambition soaks every single atom, molecule, cell, everything. If single cell 3.8 billion years ago was not ambitious, was not full of desire, there was never going to be this human being because this human being, what is called Jivasu, is nothing else but the combination of 50 trillion body cells and many billions brain cells. So this ambition is nothing else but desire. And ambitions are beautiful, but not always. And we are going to talk about that.
So look into the life of a Buddha, Jesus, Shakespeare, Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, Mozart, Einstein, Heisenberg. You go into any part of the world, the shaker and changers at any level, whether it was literature or philosophy or science or spirituality, they all had ambitions, desires. If Buddha didn't have a desire to achieve enlightenment or nirvana, there was no way. He was burning with that ambition and desire. That is why he left home. He learned from many teachers and eventually became an enlightened being. So first of all, we have to be very clear not to be taken away by certain advices, don't be ambitions, free of desire. Not in the beginning. And you cannot do that. Even if I take the advice, what I will do? I will suppress my desire and say, I'm getting desireless. But what will happen? Energy of the desire and ambition will infiltrate each cell of my body and make it toxic. I will become even more obsessed with it. It's a fact of life. That is why any teacher who says, be desireless, must think about his or her own life, how he or she became a teacher without any ambition, without any desire. How he compiled these teachings, why he created or she created this marketing mechanism to invite disciples, why certain person created retreats and ashrams and temples without desire, because if there is no desire, there is no desire to build anything, to do anything. But they all forget. There was a wonderful poet from Pakistan, Iqbal. And Iqbal said, Take your ambitions or desire so high that even God will come to you and ask what you want. Such a beautiful one. Because you are longing. You have a desire, you have ambition to experience something. So those mighty forces eventually will pay attention. If you didn't take the first step of being ambitious in desire, nothing. It is a half-life, half-made life with no energy, with no power. So either I want to transform this world or I want to transform myself. I need ambition. Ambition is desire for power. So if I want to heal myself, because so many of us are traumatized, we have scars, we suffered, I want to change. I want to become whole again. How I do that? I have to be ambitious. I have to desire, intense desire. And through that desire, I reclaim my power, and power means my life energy. 
And when this life energy will flow th through this body, it will dislodge all those memories of my past. Those memories are hiding in crevasses of my brain, in my body, each corner. They are toxic parasite. What I have to create? I have to create a Ganga, a river of this energy, so powerful, it will just flood everything and wash away everything. If I have low energy, there is no way. And also, if I want to reach my potential, I have to be ambitious again. I have to desire. And why? Because the way we function in the world is just a small fraction of our total capacity. In order to do a job, have a family, do the routine social networking needs very little energy because it's so mechanical, it's so pattern that even if we are half asleep, we can perform all those functions. There is no need for an extraordinary energy. So that means in our brain and body, huge wellness reserve is waiting. And we have to tap into it. Because without tapping into it, we cannot experience it. We cannot experience our potential and express it. That is why if we have emo emotional and mental health problems, there are two ways to deal with it. Number one is focusing on illness doing therapies, taking medication, which is wonderful because we need it. But we don't realize by focusing on illness only, we are ignoring 80 or 90% of our life, which is healthy. 90% of our body and brain, which is not touched by it. So doing therapy, but simultaneously focusing on this healthy part, making it expand, going into it, energizing it. What will happen as this healthy part will expand our wellness reserve, our illness part will start shrinking because it is all relative. When we are focused on unhealthy part, it is enlarged. Because you focus on anything. So if I am focusing on my problem, problems will slowly enlarge. And life will become a problem. And we can see many uh, seriously ill people who are suffering from cancer, heart diseases, autoimmune diseases. If they focus on illness, then they live their sickness. They don't live their life. But I met so many people, terminal cancer, but where they focus on life, simultaneously going through all therapies. So they were living their life. So this is another way of heal, treating our emotional and mental health, to be ambitious, to be full of desire, to tap into our reserve, and it is very true that we only use a fraction of our brain and body potential, 10 or 9%. If you go on internet and say, do I use only 9-10% of my body and brain? They will say, no, it is not true. They say, this is all myth created. And they are right in saying that. I will clarify here so we understand this point. Physiologically, 100% brain and body is active. Means 
each cell is alive, getting nutrition, oxygen, blood flow. So in that way, those scientists are right that we are functioning 100%. But they don't realize that actually, functionally, we are not fully active. Physiologically, we are active, but not functionally. And I will tell you why. Whenever our brain functions, only a part of it functions at a particular point of time. Although physiologically it is functioning fully, but otherwise, from psychological point of view, it is not functioning fully. Because only a set of neurons are active in those moments because we live in patterns. We can break those patterns. And once we break those patterns, these parts of the brain will be interconnected, which actually happens in the old age as we are aging. As we are aging, we are losing brain cells, but more and more part of the brains are interconnected. And actually what we call enlightenment samadhi is nothing else but interconnection of all these parts of the brain. And when they are interconnected, there is a special wave is, is recorded that is gamma wave. So gamma wave, actually the wave of integration because brain is first time functionally functioning as one unit, one organism. But we need ambitions for that. We need desire for that. But we have to be very careful because what we need is a right desire. We don't need wrong desire. So what happens? It's my personal experience. Desire or ambition is like rocket booster. I think you watched the, the launch of these uh, space shuttles and vehicles. What happens? In the beginning, there is a booster rocket which lifts the whole vehicle off and it creates escape velocity so that we will go beyond the gravity of the earth. And once it threw the vehicle beyond that, then this vehicle is going to now float in this space. That is precisely the mechanism of ambitions and desires. Ambitions and desires are like booster rocket. You need them, but once you come to a point, it will throw you into this another dimension. You don't need desire. They are useless. You become desireless. And that is natural desireless. Desirelessness. That is the whole mechanism. In me, that desire ended. This year, during pandemic, so many changes were happening. And one day I found myself. There is no desire to seek or search anything. There is a desire to share. But all personal seeking and searching came to a complete end. It's now almost six months. I watched this process. Before that, I was full of desires. So much so, I was offered a position of monkship and I refused because I said I have so many desires. That is natural desirelessness. Right desire. What is the meaning of right desire? Right desire means which is aligned with my personality, my dosha, with my mind-body constitution with which I am born. So your desire ambitions are aligned with that. 
it will gain more and more energy and it will reach its peak just like Iqbal said that you take it to, to such a point that even the forces of the universe will come to you and ask, listen what you want. And then you tell them what I want. I want to be with you. That infinite, timeless consciousness, that complete, absolute freedom. It is always a dialogue and silence. But most of the people have not the right ambitions and right desires. From where their ambitions and desires come? From their family background, from their community, when they're watching other people, handsome people, rich people, successful people, powerful people. So what happened? They are disconnected. And particularly in our day and age, it became so important. And that is why a lot of emotional and mental health dissatisfaction, stress is because we are constantly comparing ourselves with others. So our ambitions and desires are borrowed by that comparison. This kind of comparison was never there in human history. Why? Because now on television, on internet, on mobile, the lives of 7 billion people are available for us to reflect upon, to examine, to be inspired. So no matter what we achieve, we always think, oh, no, no, I want to achieve like him, like her, like those. So what happens? We always feel inferior. I didn't achieve enough. Before that, we lived in villages, town, small city, province, limited, and, and we were more satisfied than we are. And that is one reason behind stress, emotional, and mental health problem. Because we want to achieve, because we borrowed our desires and ambitions from others. So what is the right desire, right ambition? To find by observing myself, watching myself, feeling myself, listening to myself, or by a questionnaire. What is my personality? Because that personality contains my true ambition, my true potential. In that is contained my destiny, meaning of life. That is where ambitions are beautiful, desires are beautiful. That is why Mozart became a Mozart, Shakespeare became a Shakespeare, Tolstoy became a Tolstoy, Ramakrishna Paramhans became a Ramakrishna Paramhans, a Gandhi became Gandhi, a Tagore became Tagore, a Lincoln became a Lincoln. Why? Because these were people who were reflective, very observant, and they discovered who they are. But of course, I will add another element that sometimes people, they follow their personality, but then they are lost in it. So not only I find my personality in order to get to my ambition, but I become conscious, conscious. So ambitions and desire become conscious, so I'm not stuck. So there are many great ones who acquired, who achieved, but they were stuck. So if you go into internal life, they became very miserable. At this point, the world's largest corporation or company is Apple, almost touching three trillion dollars. You go into life of its founder, Steve Jobs, a marvelous human being, such a desire, such an ambition. And you know, he went to India and met a yogi, Neem Karoli Baba. I visited ashram of this fellow. So Zuckerberg and he, both of them went there. 
and he came back. Actually, he was the one who advised Zuckerberg to go and meet this fellow. Because they have that element, they were discovering by self-knowledge, but what happened? They were stuck. Once we remain conscious, we will achieve, but then we go further. So then it is not only a question of external achievement to the highest, to the hilt, but also something internal. So you look at the lives of Nelson Mandela and Lincoln. There is a, some kind of serenity. There is a, some kind of inner fulfillment. So people who were around these people, they felt certain kind of energy, power, certain kind of peace also. They became compassionate, which so many other couldn't. So just to conclude, ambitions are beautiful. Desire of power is beautiful. If it aligned with my personality, and if I remain conscious, the moment I imitate, borrow the desires and ambitions from others, it will create dichotomy, conflict. It may destroy. So Buddha talked about right living, right speech, right meditation. We must add right ambitions, right desire. Thank you. So with that, I would like to hand over to Kalpana, who will take us into another body meditation. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, friends. And today's body meditation is air element meditation. As you all know that we are doing element meditation uh, series and our body is made up of five elements and it is an extension of nature and universe. And today we will connect to air element in this body and around us in nature. We may not be able to see air all the time, but it has a profound impact on the world inside us and around us. And it is most of the times invisible, yet very powerful force of nature. In ancient Greece, the four wind gods governed the directions north, south, east, and west. And in Sanskrit, it is called Vayu. So let's sit in a comfortable posture to meditate upon air element inside us and around us. Your spine is aligned, but not rigid. Your hands are kept in your lap or on your knees. Your feet are well rested and your eyes are gently closed. You are breathing at your own natural pace and rhythm. Feel and follow your breath. Inhale and exhale. Gentle inhalation and exhalation. What we breathe in is not just air, but it is energy. 
called pran in sanskrit and what we inhale and exhale is air element feel movement of air going inside with your inhalation and air element coming out to the nature during exhalation as you exhale know that you are exhaling breath air element and giving life back to the plants and as air element is entering into your body during inhalation you are getting energy in sanskrit it is called udan vayu feeling air element in the body feeling oxygen and other gases dissolved in our blood being taken to the cells to provide energy and waste gases carbon dioxide is being released from the blood back to the nature this is air element called pran vayu in sanskrit now feel air element interacting with your senses feeling air element as you are listening to me air carries the vibrations of sound allowing you to hear feeling air element when you speak sing or do pranayams observing the air element in the smell notice yourself smelling your morning cup of coffee fragrance of flowers or anything for that matter experience air element when you see with your open eyes 
see your loved ones or see yourself different parts of your body see your belongings living or non living see the nature outside mountains ocean stars sun and moon feeling air element on the skin as touch feeling air element on your face hands or other exposed parts of your body feeling air element in your hair if you wish you can take your fingers and move your hair and feel air element and now watch the air element in the world around you feeling when the weather is windy feeling tornadoes feeling a gentle breeze on a hot summer day feeling the air element moving the plants leaves flowers observation of moving clouds feeling when it is still outside you don't realize the presence of air when it is still though it is very much there the air outside and the air element within us are one interconnected and interdependent the air element which was inside you a while back 
is outside and the element which was outside is inside you. There is no boundary between inner air element and outer air element. Feeling of oneness and connection with this body and with the things outside the body around us sit for few moments in stillness with your awareness, feeling air element inside and outside. And now becoming aware of the moment of your body and the space around you. You may open your eyes when you feel like it. This was air element meditation. We can't hold on to the air element anymore. In fact, we can only live by letting go. Everything that has ever passed through our body, air, water, or energy, is outside after some time in the form of clouds, forests, or other living and non-living beings. That's how we can feel connected to this body and to all the beings around us. Having this direct sense and feeling of interconnectedness is empowering and enlightening. I'm no longer separate and small, but an integral part of this eternal universe. Thank you. Any questions, any comments? Yes, Kathy. Yes, please. Is, is the air element the same as my wind personality? Wind and air, same? Wind, wind personality is made up of two elements. So 
personality is made up of elements and this today what we talked we did not talk about the personality we talked about the air element Thank personality you. is what we are born with and each personality each dosha is made up of two elements and the personality we have is the dominant one but we have other two personalities also so thank you i loved it thank you it was beautiful thank you thanks for sharing your experience yes krista please um dr kalka you made a comment about how the air through the air we have a sense of interconnectedness can you just repeat what you said and then we are interconnected in the whole universe yeah so see what we are regularly inhaling and exhaling and what we inhale right now is coming from the space around us and what we are exhaling is going into the space and it is not limited to the area around me it goes away also so that's how we are connected to everyone and just to i don't know it's not related to this but that's how uh, in this era in this covid era how this infection is also carried from one person to the whole universe so this is one example of air element that virus is transmitted through air and see how air element it went everywhere nothing can be more like such a vivid example than this thank you so if there are no more comments or questions i hand it over to you dr jivasuki thank you kalpna if there is any other question uh, from the whole session uh, please uh, let us know meera i think there's some question in your chat please that's sir. right i can't access them oh you want me to read them how to create desire uh, when you are uh, depressed yes uh, i think it's uh, is quite an important question because in the state of depression our desires are reduced to to minimal so i think there are uh, two ways to it uh, uh, number one is of course medication because beyond a point sometimes we have to use medications but in somatofulness uh, in depression it is the earth element which is dominating and also water element so number one earth number two water and that is why we are depressed they are dominating so what we have to bring is the element of fire because fire contains energy and once energy is there there will be desire and ambitions and there are ways to do it so that is what we explore actually in our personality typing and once we understand that then we know through lifestyle how we can stimulate the energy ambitions and desires so these are the two ways we don't have time to of course go in great details about it but uh, that is how it is done mira any other uh, question you can see somehow i can't access them so me one second uh actually i have now yeah can a person yeah can i have ambition for somatofulness or inner knowledge of course without desire and inner knowledge there is nothing it will never come to 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 you and can a person have ambition equally to master technology like jobs and zuckerberg and internal health yes actually there are so many examples of that uh, from the from the past uh, 
Uh, there were many great scientists. Uh, there were many great physicians uh, who mastered inner knowledge as well as the external knowledge. And particularly from India, I know and that uh, they were very well versed. So I will name two of them. Uh, one was Charak and second was Shushrut. These, uh, one of them are surgeon and another one was a physician. And actually they contributed a lot in Ayurveda. So they were not only uh, the, the physician and surgeon, actually they were enlightened human beings. But as I said, for that we need conscious ambition or desire. Because once we achieve, we are sort of taken away by that. And we just circulate into what we achieve and expand it horizontally rather than going up. So that is how it can be done. And uh, okay, I think uh, that is it. Uh, So we would like to conclude this session. Thanks again for joining us and thanks Kalpna, Meera and all our friends here with Somaste, Somaste. to you. And we will see you next Sunday again. Bye-bye now. Bye everyone, thank you. Bye. Thank you.